On a normal day, delivering energy to China, the world's largest energy consumer with a population of around 1.4 billion people, is no easy task. And like in any normal January, families all over China were gathering to celebrate Chinese New Year. But COVID-19 was about to change everything. This is a novel, a new coronavirus. Investigations have found that uh, some of the cases were workers, handlers or frequent visitors at a seafood market in Wuhan where live animals were sold. We are still in the very early days of this, and so there are investigations that are evaluating how individuals were infected. I think the, the COVID-19 um, pandemic broke out uh, like a war or tsunami, right? No one was prepared. Today, we'll be hearing from some of those who played a key role in keeping the energy system going under lockdown. From the people who went above and beyond to help their customers. The bus stopped after the outbreak, so I walked to work. To those who volunteered on the front line to help their communities in a period of great uncertainty. At that time in the city, there was an emotion of fear emanating everywhere. And we'll be asking what might change in China's energy sector as a result of COVID-19. The pandemic is reshaping many, many things, right? And a lot of people saying, you know, we're not going to go back to the old world anymore. I'm Bryony McKenzie, and you're listening to The Energy Podcast, brought to you by Shell. Today, COVID-19. Extraordinary stories from China. China today is a country emerging from the impact of a virus that became a pandemic, the effects of which are still being felt around the world. Three weeks on from the first reports of this virus, it has now spread to almost all of China's 23 provinces. And it's clear it will continue to spread here and to other parts of the world. But to what extent and severity cannot yet be predicted. The country is one of the world's biggest consumers of energy, and COVID-19 has had a dramatic effect. Energy demand dropped and the economy shrank. The government slowed the spread of the disease. Lockdowns shut factories and social distancing measures presented some tricky challenges for companies involved in the energy supply chain around how to serve customers. In a moment, we'll ask what impact COVID-19 might have on the future direction of energy in China. But first, we've been hearing from people who have gone above and beyond to help their communities and customers over the past few months. Xiaofang Ren works in a Shell retail station in China. She lives in Chibu town in Hubei province and she has a unique story. During the lockdown, the retail site she works at was only one of a few places open and serving the community. But lockdown rules meant her usual bus to work wasn't running, so she decided to walk every day. What's remarkable about that? Well, the retail station she works at is nine kilometres from her house, meaning she made an 18-kilometre daily round trip. She explained why she decided to make the journey. After the epidemic happened, the majority of my colleagues in the city were quarantined at home. Only three colleagues who lived near the retail station could report to work. 
One of them caught a cold and was feeling unwell, and the other two were exhausted. I was able to get a temporary pass to go to work. After the outbreak, what else changed at the retail sites? How did customers react? They don't talk much. The freight drivers delivering goods, especially, they are all fully equipped with masks, visors, gloves. They have put everything on. We stand at a distance from them. After refueling, we will give them the bill. After they leave, we'll spray the area with disinfectant. Can you share with us the best and the worst aspects of these extraordinary times? The best thing that the company and the company's leaders are very caring and value us. Mentally and materially, they're all on point. Like our general manager, straight away he had a video call with all employees to make sure we were physically well. Then the regional manager told us that we could get in contact with him and that he was on call 24 hours a day. And our few station manager chats with us on the group chat every day, just to lighten the mood and our emotions, so you feel less stressed. The worst thing is that life is inconvenient compared to what it was before the pandemic. I change out of my uniform at the petrol station before I head home, and after I get back home, I won't let the kids near me. Especially the little one. I won't let them sleep with me at night. I won't let them near me. That makes me feel very uncomfortable. Has this experience changed your perspective on life? I think it's normal for colleagues to help one another. I don't think it's a big deal. It's a very small, ordinary thing. This walking to work. 18 to 19 kilometers is comparable to a normal amount of exercise, so I didn't feel too tired. It's fine. Xiaofang <laughs> Ren there, who went out of her way to make sure people could still buy fuel and supplies, and there are more stories of people making sacrifices during this time of crisis. Another one that stands out is that of Yuan Zhang. He's a project development manager who plans retail sites for the Hubei Shell Energy Company. He recently became a father to twin boys, but he signed up to help with the Red Cross Society of Hubei Province, part of the International Red Cross, and transported medical supplies and equipment for the then newly built Leishenshan Hospital in Wuhan. He explains why he wanted to volunteer. I'm very passionate about charity work, and I've also volunteered for aid recovery work at other places where natural disasters struck. So this time round in Wuhan city, when the outbreak began, I felt that firstly, my home is in Wuhan, my work is in Wuhan. I just felt, I suppose, that one has a responsibility to protect one's hometown, and I felt like I had to contribute. So I probably didn't think too much about it at the time. I felt instinctively that I should get involved. What do you think is the hardest part of the job? I think the most challenging part of the job may be that working under the circumstances of a pandemic, 
everyone's feeling very anxious and also rather nervous. At that time in the city, there was an emotion of fear emanating everywhere. As a volunteer, the most difficult thing was to go out every day and to do these deliveries alone. I felt lonely. And also, we were in quite close contact with the patients, especially at the Lei Shen Chan Hospital. Looking at them in such close proximity, you could see their pain and their deep desire to live. That was very moving. So, how did this experience change your perspective? I always felt that I was an observer, and so I wanted to do my best to help those in need. But this time I feel that I'm also part of it, a member of the whole disaster-struck affected area. My family is in Wuhan, and I also had relatives who had passed away from the pandemic. So I can empathize. I would, without any doubt, volunteer to do it again. Yuang Zhang and before him, Xiaofang Reng, individuals helping others during this difficult time. But what do you do in a pandemic when you're in charge of 20,000 people helping to deliver energy to millions each day? Shell China is one of the largest multinational companies operating in the country, with more than 1,500 Shell-branded retail sites. It manufactures and markets lubricants and is also a key supplier of gas to Beijing. I spoke to the executive chairman of Shell China, Sheng Zhang. People may think the coronavirus uh, epidemic in China it was a gradual process, but actually it came to us like a splash on your face, right? It happened right before the Chinese New Year when half of the nation was traveling, right? That's a big holiday in China when people travel for family reunion. I was actually supposed to embark onto a flight to get to my hometown, Hubei province, which later on turned to be the epicenter, unfortunately. Instead, I found myself sitting at a desk dealing with the emergency. How does a big organization such as Shell China respond in times of emergency? Yeah, my father always told me, if I remember, he said, don't be scared and be prepared. And in Shell, we're so thankful we have a program. You can't have a plan for pandemic, but I think it's very important that uh, you know what you're here for. So first and most important is the health and safety of our people, and then how we look after customers, and then what contributions we can make to the community. Indeed, you know, trying to deal with everything that you don't know, that's the worst part, right? You really don't know how the virus is passing around and how people get infected with uh, experience, you know, what kind of suffering they would experience, and you don't know how long it's going to last. You mentioned before the community as well. Just tell us what you did practically and financially to support the communities that Shell China serves. When it happened, very simple things, the routine things, like a haircut become a problem. All the barbers are closed and you don't have a haircut. And so our retail people, they open a haircut in their retail shop. Did we plan for a haircut? No, we didn't do that. But customer has a needs. We did actually more than 700 in four days. 
I mean, you've mentioned obviously some of the big considerations there and and some of the challenges, but specifically, what were the challenges in keeping the energy supply chain going? Frankly, it's not easy at all. Not easy because um, it, you know energy, but also other products associated with energy, they are very essential part of the daily living uh, in the country, right? So. Even they have problem to changing shift because the restriction on people movement, the contractors and the operators, they worked many shifts continuously to make sure the gas production was continued to get people supplied, and then the shutdown in the country of the operation created a situation. There's a sudden drop in demand of many different form of energy, including LNG. And how you work with customer with、uh, people to deal with the situation, combined with all the logistic complication. What's the key thing you'll take away from the last few months? People always find ways to do something to help, and they actually speak with their actions rather than words. That was the executive chairman of Shell China, Shen Zhang. At the time of recording this podcast, life is returning to normal in some parts of China, but the pandemic has thrown up some interesting questions around China's energy system. I've been speaking to Changhua Wu, an expert on sustainability in China. She's the CEO of Beijing Future Innovation Center, which promotes collaboration to achieve a lower carbon environment. She's also a member of an external review panel set up by Shell to provide expert opinion on its sustainability report. I began by asking her about what impact the pandemic could have on China's energy sector. The pandemic is reshaping many, many things, right? And a lot of people saying, you know, we are not going to go back to the old world anymore. You know, we are literally creating a new world. People's behavior, mindsets,、uh, you know, how we look at、so、work, travel, everything. What are the specific energy areas where you think we'll see a significant change? China definitely is already globalized, and its reliance, dependence on global, you know, oil and gas in particular. Has been recognized as a major risk to security, right? I think that's going to help really the decision makers to rethink about it to say, okay, you know, how do we make sure we really quickly enhance China's energy security? In that context, actually, if you look at renewable energy, clean energy, of course, energy efficiency, right? And、uh, in terms of improving energy efficiency, then right afterwards is really the renewable energy, right? And if you look at the cost, the costs have been dropping dramatically. In the last few years, in particular, so if you look at the solar wind, that's the huge opportunities there. And China is already in it. China is already leading.、Uh, this is a very interesting moment in China.、Uh, if you know China well, actually, China is very good at planning, right? And we need to plan, you know, everything. So including the energy system, right? And、uh, so this this is a great sort of、uh, policy window in China at this moment,、uh, sort of integrating the stimulus. Package, as well as the fourteen to five year plan, in that context, actually,、uh, I I am delighted to see more and more thinking about investing in tomorrow. Right, if you look at the stimulus stimulus package today, there's one key component or phrase called a new infrastructure. 
right? If you look at so what's in the new infrastructure is about five G, AI, machine learning, uh, energy storage, uh, 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 you know, charging stations, uh, light rail, you know, uh, high speed rail, and also including high pressure, high voltage grid, smart grid there as well. Uh, so there's already budget and. Uh, uh, Equivalent about five hundred billion U.S. dollars allocated to this. So that sort of thinking definitely gives people like me great hope in terms of you know the decision makers' thinking is really really looking into tomorrow. So with the infrastructure strengthened combined with the next five year plan starting in March next year, what I'm hearing from you now is that in a terrible time there could be some positives. China has reopened. The manufacturing actually is picking up, and now just a couple of days ago, if you look at air quality and air pollution started to pick up again as well. Uh, so I think there are certain level of lessons we need to learn in that process, and also really turn this into an opportunity to look into the future to see. Okay, now we are reopening, and we need to not rather than going back to yesterday, we need to look into tomorrow. I more and more actually invest in tomorrow's energy system. Keep in mind, actually, we have Paris Agreement <laughs> on the table, and、uh, so yes, of course, we have to deal with the pandemic at this moment, but we have to make sure the energy. Transition will be accelerated, so that we'll be able to really deal with a bigger, longer-term global challenge like climate change. It is far too early to assess the full impact the pandemic has had on China, as well as the rest of the world. What is clear is that the resilience of those working in the energy industry has played a role in helping China adapt to a crisis that has taken the world aback. And China will rely on this abundance of resilience as it moves forward from coping with a pandemic to recovering from one. You've been listening to the Energy Podcast, brought to you by Shell. You can find the Energy Podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google. Just hit subscribe and listen to the other episodes on all things energy related. The Energy Podcast was produced by Fresh Air Production, and I must remind you that the views you've heard today are those of the people featured, and not Shell or its affiliates. I'm Bryony McKenzie. Thank you for listening, and goodbye.